0: Look what he says here in Romans chapter 11, verse 6. He says, And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Stop right there. He says, if it's by grace, if you're going to see the promises of God in your life by grace, he says it's no more of works. And so right there, we see that you can combine grace and works. Now, works here, guys, is talking about works of the law. It's talking about you doing to try to get God to do. And he says, If it's by grace, it's no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. And notice this. He says, But if it be of works, <laughs> then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. I love that, guys. And so he's saying you can not combine grace and the works of the law. Look at this in the New Living Translation. New Living Translation here, Romans 11, verse 6 says, "...and since it is through God's kindness..." Guys, notice how he defines grace here. He defines grace as God's kindness. You see, there's a lot of definitions for grace. Grace is unmerited favor. But guys, it is so much more than that. One other way you can define it here is God's kindness. And he says, since it is through God's kindness then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. You see, you can't qualify for the grace of God. The grace of God, by definition, is undeserved. And now, what I want you to notice is this contrast in Romans 11.6. You can't combine grace and works, and notice we just read in Romans chapter three, twenty-seven, where he said, where he was contrasting works of the law and faith, and so, once again, guys, I want you to really catch this, I want you to really get this, this is a teaching moment here this morning, amen, grace and faith always go together, but you can never combine grace and faith with self-effort and performance. You see, it just doesn't work. And so now, let's talk about these patterns here for a bit. And let's go to St. John chapter 1, verse uh, verses 14 and uh, 17. And I want us to really kind of look at some definitions here. Also, again, on grace. Understanding the grace of God. You see, a lot of people think, well, grace is... You know, here here's what a lot of people tend to think is that you know you as a believer there's certain things that god expects of you you still got to you know meet certain standards but but when you miss those standards well then god is going to you know there's going to be grace for that but but that's not what grace is because grace and works cannot be combined you see you see you can't combine the two and so i want us to really kind of see what grace is and One thing, guys, I want you to to really see is that grace is not a curriculum. It's not a subject matter. It is not a doctrine or or a concept. Grace, guys, is a person. Look what he says in St. John chapter 1.14. He says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Stop right there. Does anybody know who he's talking about here? Amen. (laughs) He's talking about Jesus, right? The Word... Jesus was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. And he says, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Watch this now. Full of grace and truth. And so it's Jesus full of grace and truth. Amen. Look at verse 17. Here's the contrast. For the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. So, contrast again. Law of Moses on one side, grace and truth on the other side. And what I want you to notice, guys, is that grace and truth go together because how many know grace is uh, the truth? How many know Jesus, full of grace and truth? Uh, Jesus, glory to God, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, uh, Jesus is of uh, the truth. Uh, Jesus is uh, grace, and grace is uh, the truth. You see, God's true nature towards you and towards all of mankind has always been His grace. You see, it's always been his unmerited favor, guys. You see, God didn't... You see, here's the interesting thing when it comes to reconciling the Old Covenant and the New Covenant is that God did not change, guys. (laughs) You see, it was us who were changed. We were the ones who were changed. You see, what happened on the cross, guys, glory be to God, it changed us. You see, when you got born again... You received a new nature. God didn't change, (laughs) you see. But we changed, and it's because we were changed by His grace, glory to God. We were changed by receiving Jesus, glory to God. Well, now we're actually able to be in a right relationship with God. Now we're actually able uh, to to see Him more clearly. Why? Because we are beholding Him through the lens of the finished works of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus says, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus came to show us what the Father is really like. And so you look at Jesus, you see Jesus, you see the Father, you see and so, and so, God. God's full and complete revelation of Himself is in Jesus, and so Jesus, the Person of Grace, man, is the truth, and grace is the truth. Amen. Everybody tracking with me? Look at these verses in the uh, Amplified Bible. He says in verse 14, Amplified, John 1.14 Amplified, and the Word, Christ, became flesh, human, incarnate. And he says he tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, and lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as an only begotten Son receives from his Father. And now look how he defines grace, guys. Full of grace, which is favor and loving kindness and truth. He defines grace as favor and loving kindness. I look at verse 17, Amplified, For while the law was given through Moses, and so notice the law was given through Moses. In other words, the law came from God. It is God's law. It was given through Moses, but he says grace, and I love this definition, grace is unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing. He says this grace came, this unearned, undeserved, favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. Glory be to God. And so notice the definition of grace. It's unearned. You see? And so what I want to get out of you is any kind of conditioning or thinking that says, Well, Alex, if I just try hard enough, then I'm going to earn some grace. Hold on, friend. You see, you can't earn grace. Grace is undeserved, man. You can't earn grace anymore than you can make water wet, okay? (laughs) You see, Uh, water is wet, because that's its nature. That's that's just water, okay? You can't do anything. I don't care how hard you work, man. You can't make water wet. This is not going to happen, you see. Well, in the same way, you cannot earn the grace of God. It's unearned. It's undeserved favor and spiritual blessing. Now, why does he describe grace as spiritual blessing? Man, this is huge. It's because grace is a person, Jesus. But grace is also a spirit, the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God, the spirit of grace. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. to you. And so the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit imparts the grace of God. We don't have time to turn there right now, but that's Hebrews 10, uh, I think around verse uh, 27-ish, maybe, or excuse me, I think Hebrews 10, 29, in the Amplified, he says, the Holy Spirit imparts the grace of God. Now, what does that mean? It's spiritual blessing, guys, because, and we're gonna look at this some more over the next few weeks, and also in our midweek Bible study, The life of grace, guys, is the spiritual life. Glory be to God. (laughs) You see. You see, the, the, the life of grace is the spiritual life. Why? Because grace is a person, Jesus. Grace is the Holy Spirit. And so, watch this now. How many know, guys, that when you got born again, Jesus took resi- t- took up residence on the inside of you by means of his Holy Spirit? Child of God, if you are in Christ, he's not far off. You're not serving a God who's out there somewhere. Uh, glory to God, I want you to know uh, that he has taken up residence on the inside of you. Uh, glory to God, I want you to know that he is right there where you are right now. Whether you are aware of his presence or not, he's right there with you, you see, uh, because he's living on the inside of you, and so you've got the person of grace, you've got the spirit of grace uh, working on the inside of you, and what is he doing? Well, he's working on the inside of you, he's changing you and transforming you uh, from uh, the inside out, you see, and so the law of Moses, self-effort and performance, was all about you serving a God through what you could do, trying to be right with God, that could never work. In this new covenant, God said, man, I'm going to take up residence on the inside of you. I'm going to uh, stop being outside of you, and I'm going to now be on the inside of you. You see, uh, because in the old covenant, God and man were separated uh, uh, because of sin, because Jesus took care of the sin issued 2,000 years ago, and there's no more separation between you and God if you are in Christ. And so he's living on the inside of you now, you see? And he's working in you. Uh, He's changing you. He's transforming you from the inside out. But watch this now. We're going to get into his way, guys, every time that we try to default back into the works of the law. (laughs) You see, any time that I'm trying to make stuff happen through my own self-effort and performance, it's like the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman, he'll say, well, you know, I'm just gonna sit back and let you do your thing, man. You know, yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna let you do your thing, and you know, uh, when you when you come to your senses and realize that you need me, well, well, I'm right here, okay, so just let me know, <laughs> you see. And so, how many of us guys have done this? You know, you think you gotta help God out, you know, you're, you're trusting God for something, you're believing God for something. It hasn't shown up yet, man. Let's just help God out. Let's just do this thing here, you know. But hold on, did the Holy Spirit tell you to do this thing? Is he? That's really what it comes down to. Did the Holy Spirit tell you to do what you're doing? The grace life, guys, is the spirit-led life because what He's going to do, you're still going to do c- certain things. But remember, this guys, your works of faith are going to be born out of your faith in Jesus. Your works of faith. They're going to be inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Grace. And they're going to be motivated by the love of God. So it's not you trying to get God to do. No, it is you cooperating with what the Spirit of Grace is looking to do in your life. And so oftentimes, guys, it's not so much what we're doing. It's what is our motivation behind our doing, you see. And so listen to this here. The law is self-dependence. And we are operating in the pattern of the law any time we put the emphasis for why we're seeing God's goodness on what we're doing. We want to share this with you again, I believe. You know, the Lord is having me repeat certain things because I really think that you hear it and then you hear it again a little bit differently. And I think, you know, that's really how it's going to, you know, you're really going to start to see this. So the law is self-dependence whereas the pattern of grace and faith is God-dependence. We are looking to what Jesus has already done and we receive it by faith. In other words, by depending on Him. And as we do... Holy Spirit will lead us into action. Holy Spirit will guide us. Guys, I want you to understand the Holy Spirit is crucial in this covenant of grace. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit has taken the place of the law of Moses and the born-again believer. The Bible says if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, you see. And so guys, you and I, as new covenant believers, we are called to be led by the Spirit of grace. We are called to be led by the Spirit of grace. Now, what I want to address is, you know, this question that has to come up now inevitably is, well, Alex, if the Law of Moses doesn't work, why was it given in the first place? And and here's where we've got to be very careful. The Law of Moses actually works perfectly, guys, (laughs) okay? I want you to understand, God never made a mistake. God didn't just change His mind and say, well, this doesn't work, let's try this. No. No. The law of Moses works perfectly, but the issue is that much of us, guys, fail to realize the reason for why the law of Moses was given. And you can flip over to uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to look at this in the uh, Amplified Bible. Romans chapter 3, verse 20. You see, guys, the law was not given to make us holy. I want you to catch this. A lot of people think well the law of Moses was given to make us holy hold on the law of Moses was not given to make us holy the law of Moses was given to bring us to an end of ourselves the law of Moses was given to show us it was really given to show us what you know what was wrong with us it was really given to show us the areas where we miss it it was given to sh- to show us that that we need help praise god you know that we need a savior and that we can never perform to be in right standing with God. Why? Because the law of Moses, guys, is a perfect standard. You see, God is perfect. I mean, you know, guys, God is perfect. Amen. He's perfect love, but he's also perfectly just. He's perfect. And so, you earning or deserving something, the definition is that you're meeting a certain standard. Now, if you would... If you want to earn or deserve something from God, well, then you would have to meet his standard, which is perfection, and you and I can never do that, guys. And so the law of Moses was a perfect God giving a perfect law to imperfect man to show imperfect man that imperfect man can never perform enough to be in right to be right with a perfect God, you see. And so, what was needed, glory to God, was uh, for us to get out of the way so that Jesus could come and do what only He could do, you see, uh, so that Jesus could get in and and, and and do what He needed to do on the cross, glory to God. And now, uh, when you're born again, man, he, he gets in on the inside of you, and He's gonna change and transform you from the inside out. He's gonna do what your self-effort, your discipline, and your performance, and your positive thinking, glory to God, could never do, uh, you see, uh, because all of that is self-effort, But Jesus, all he says is, just believe in me. Trust in me. And I'm going to transform you from the inside out. Look at what he says in Romans chapter 3, verse 20 in the Amplified Bible. He says, For no person will be justified, made righteous, acquitted, and judged acceptable in his sight. By observing the works prescribed by the law. Pretty clear. And remember what we read in Romans 11.6, we saw, remember guys, we saw you can't combine the works of the law with the grace and faith that we're living in as a result of Jesus. You see that, guys. And so he says, you can't ever be right with God through the law. Watch this now. For the real function of the law. I love this, guys. There is a real function of the law versus an apparent function of the law. You see, the apparent function of the law is that the law was given to make us holy. But he says here, and guys, this is not Alex. This is not my opinion. This is not, oh, well, Alex, has an interesting thing you're saying there. No, this is scripture. We're reading this in the Amplified Bible. He says, for the real function of the law is to make men recognize... And be conscious of sin, not mere perception, but an acquaintance with sin. And so the law is going to point your attention to what's wrong. Notice this now? When you're living in the pattern of the law, your attention is always going to be on the areas where you missed it. And here's how, how this, how the enemy will use this as a trap. Thank you, Lord. You know, say you're doing really well. And now you suddenly think, man, you know, (laughs) I'm doing really well, man. You know, I'm walking in faith. Uh, Alex, I'm seeing all these miracles. Alex, I'm seeing... I'm seeing the dead raised. I'm seeing blind eyes opened, Alex. I'm, I'm even uh, uh, feeling like, man, I think I might just be able to walk on water now. Man, I might just go uh, to the beach and I'm just going to walk on that water today, dude. I just feel like I can do it. And so in other words, <laughs> in other words you're doing really well and you're feeling really good about yourself. All right. This is what we're trying to say here. Now, here's, here's what happens. This is why this is so dangerous, guys. Because... The moment you miss it, and I got news for you, everybody's, all of us are going to miss it. I don't care how well you're doing. Sooner or later, you're going to have a bad traffic day. Okay, you got stuck in traffic. Man, you didn't have your coffee this morning. Um, you know, and 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 all of a sudden, man, it just you know you started quoting from the book of cuss. Okay, let's just put it that way. And so you're going to have a bad day or a bad moment. <laughs> Someone says, Alex, I don't have bad days." Well, you have a bad moment, maybe. <laughs> okay, maybe you had a bad uh, minute. Okay, but anyways. You know, you're gonna have a moment where you're gonna have a moment where you miss it. Well, now if your confidence is in yourself, well, well now I missed it, Alex. And you know what the enemy is gonna do? He's gonna come in and he's gonna to try to get your attention on the area where you've missed it. How many guys of you have noticed that you know you can have a, a day where everything just went fine, but there was that one thing that went wrong, and at the end of the day, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about the one thing that went wrong. You see, that's the issue when you're in a performance-based system. You see, it's always going to, you're always going to go back to, oh, but but what about this area where we missed it? Notice, guys, how negative the world tends to be, how negative people are. Uh, amen. Okay, I love everybody. I love you negative people, too. But notice how many negative people there are. Your attention, the default, is always on the bad. You see, You will never turn on the news and they'll tell you about all the good stuff that happened today. It's always going to be about the bad. You see, and so that's part of the pattern of the law because what we're going to show you at some point too is that the pattern of the law, self-effort and performance, is actually the pattern of this fallen world system. And God gave it to show us that the pattern of the world system, our pattern, doesn't work. Okay, you see, uh, God's way is grace and faith. It's His unmerited favor. Our... Fallen way, fallen humanity's way is that we want to earn the blessing. We want to qualify for the blessing. And guys, that is why every single religion in the world, every cult in this world is going to tell you what you got to do to be right with God or what you got to do to be quote spiritual enough so that now you are okay with God and now you're going to see the, the goodness of God in your life. Well, guys, you can never get there. It's never going to happen. It's never going to work. Why? Because that's not God's way. You see, no, God's way is his unmerited favor. It's Jesus. It's not what we can do. But he says the real function of the law was to make men recognize and be conscious of sin, not mere perception, but an acquaintance with sin, which works. Watch this now. This is what the law does, guys, which works towards repentance. The law is going to work towards faith. The law is going to work towards holy character. And so, what does this mean? Let's break this down. Repentance is to have a change of heart. You see, a lot of people think, well, religion has taught us this. They think, well, repent means you should feel bad. Man, I should, be, I feel, I should feel condemned and, or whatever. You know, or I should say, man, you know, uh, I'm just no good. Man, I just feel so bad about all that I did. Now, guys, there's a place for, you know, when you make a mistake to, to, to realize you made a mistake. You know, but, 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 but repentance does not mean that you're going to walk around guilty and condemned. No, the word repent literally means to have a change of mind and heart. The word repent means to make a 180. You're going in one direction. To repent means, man, I'm going to go, go in the other direction. It's a 180. And so the word repent is really to turn away from our own self-effort and to turn to depending on Jesus. That's what it means to repent.